It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the Locked On Redskins podcast. I'm your host, as always, Zach Hicks. You can find my work on Breaking Football and the Breaking the Draft podcast with my co-host, Jonathan Valencia. We are joined today by Robbie Duncan of Redskins Capital Connection and the co-host of RCC's On the Warpath podcast. How's it going, Robbie? Pretty good, man. NFL free agency is live and underway. Love it. Yeah, dude, it's the, it's the second best time of year. I mean, the best time of year is when the Redskins are, are starting off the season. We're all excited about what's going to happen. So that that's always the best time of year, but off season is just as fun. I mean, especially this legal tampering period here. But today, Robbie joins us here to talk about free agency, some rumors and speculations, some Redskins news. So we're going to go at all that today. But I mean, the first thing we have to talk about, even though this is a Redskins podcast, and we probably should move on from this guy at this point. Kirk Cousins getting a fully guaranteed three-year $86 million, or I think it was $84 million contract, I believe, from the Minnesota Vikings. Fully guaranteed, though, is the big stamp on that. I mean, what what's your thoughts on that contract there, Robbie? It, it's a game-changer. He's, yep. he's made history, and that's always been a big thing for Kirk is his legacy. And if any, if even if it, what he does in Minnesota doesn't pan out, you know, he doesn't win a game or a playoff game. I mean, he can still leave his stamp on the on the uh, NFL being the first ever fully guaranteed contract, and that's that's huge, very historic. Yeah, it's huge. I mean, I think I saw someone the other day said like, what people don't know is football players can negotiate fully guaranteed contracts, but they just like seeing the big money on Sports Center. You know, oh, this guy got paid. 50 million dollars here it's like okay but he got 20 million in guarantees so who's how is he really winning here but Kirk is changing the game he's he's making it like an actual thing where players can demand fully guaranteed contracts they always had this power they always had this ability but Kirk is finally making it kind of possible and we actually saw by all these huge quarterback deals today so to kind of transition a little bit into these other quarterback deals I mean Case Keenum gets two years I think 36 million Drew Brees locked in at 25 or $26 million a year as well. Mm-hmm. And then Sam Bradford, one-year $20 million contract, and he's not even like a starter last year. So I don't I don't know how Sam Bradford does it, but this guy always gets paid no matter where he goes. I Credit to him, man. He, he knows how to get paid. Yeah, I mean, it's just a testament, though, to what we're seeing with you know quarterbacks in the NFL. I think I saw something that says uh, 18 quarterbacks or 20 quarterbacks across the league are getting more than $18 million a year or something like that. I mean, it's... It's huge. I mean, it's a quarterback-driven league, and we are overpaying for. I'm not going to call Kirk Cousins mediocre. Obviously, you guys know my stamp, my side on Kirk, but you know sure. Sam Bradford, Case Keenum, all these guys are mediocre to maybe slightly above average quarterbacks, and they're getting paid quite a bit of amount of money. So, I mean, if you guys have kids, this is the key right here. If you have kids, teach them how to throw a football because that's how you make your money right now. But I mean, these quarterbacks are getting paid a lot, man. What's your uh, thoughts on? Case Keenum and Brad. I mean, you're at Bradford, but Case Keenum and all those other guys getting paid. I, I like Case. I thought he did really well with Minnesota, and I think he definitely deserved a good contract like he did. Yeah. He kind of was in the same situation with the Vikings that Kirk was with us. You know, do they, do they tag him? Do they try to get a long term deal done? They Vikings elected to just let him go and go after Kirk. So, um, but yeah, I think uh, Case is going to do well for. Denver, all things considered, but I, even then, he's not a long-term solution. Mm-hmm. 
Um, he'll he'll hold the the spot for whoever they draft, maybe Baker Mayfield, maybe Josh Rosen, whoever. But uh, it's a good fit for them, and if they can give him a better offensive line, they'll be even better. Yeah, I'm actually a big fan of the Case Keenum signing. I actually didn't think it was that pricey is what I thought he'd be. I mean, he, he costs less than Sam Bradford, and I never yeah, would have thought true. that. I never would have thought that coming into this. I thought, you know, I'm a huge fan of Case Keenum. Bradford, he's on the decline. His knees are just not going to hold up. I'm sure the Cardinals will have another quarterback end on IR, you know, just like they had last year, a quarterback end on IR and, and barely play any snaps for him. I mean, we could see the same thing this year with them. So I don't really know what to think about that. Last thing about quarterbacks here, though, what's your thoughts on the Jets kind of missing out on all these guys here and having to go to Josh McCown and Teddy Bridgewater? Yeah, Josh McCown, that's just a veteran presence trying to lock down and keep some continuity going. But if Teddy Bridgewater is healthy, then they got a pretty good quarterback that can do some things for him. But the that's a big question mark. But even with those two signings, I, I, it's pretty much a guarantee that they'll draft one of these quarterbacks when they get there at six pick, the sixth overall pick. Whichever that one that'll be, I don't know. I could see Baker Mayfield being that guy, though. He'd fit real well in that New York media market and, and be a good face for their organization. But uh, the one thing I was going to say, thanks to uh, Kirk's contract, Aaron Rodgers is... Yeah. <laughs> he, if you think... What Kirk did is historic. Wait till Aaron Rodgers gets his extension now that Kirk got a fully guaranteed contract because that's where it's going to start for him too. Yeah, completely agree with you. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is going to break the bank. I mean, we thought Kirk Cousins broke the bank, but Aaron Rodgers might literally break a bank with all the money he's going to make. And and right, I mean, rightly so. He's Aaron Rodgers, so I completely agree with that. Uh, let's move to the next position. They got grossly overpaid. And I, I actually like some of these receivers here. And we're not going to talk about the Redskins guy yet because we're going to talk about him when we move into some Redskins news here at the end. But, I mean, these receivers got paid a lot. Sammy Watkins, $16 million a year. That was outrageous to me, honestly. Allen Robinson got $12 million a year. Albert Wilson, $8 million a year. Ryan Grant, which we, I mean, gosh, Ryan Grant, $7.5 million a year. That's I mean, crazy. Yeah, I, I never would have thought, you know, two, two years ago you tell me that Ryan Grant's getting paid $7.5 million a year. I'm telling you that, man, he really has some dirt on Jay Gruden or somebody because I would have figured that we paid him that much, but the Ravens of all teams. So uh, all these team, all these players getting a lot of money. Dante Moncrief even got $7 million a year. I mean, what what's going on with this wide receiver core getting so much money? Uh, I have really no idea. I mean, Sammy Watkins is a very talented receiver, and he's getting $16 million a year. I mean, that's insane. Uh, they must be paying him for what they think he'll do for them. Because up to this point, he is not worth $16 million a year. Um, and then Ryan Grant being paid that much a year is telling me that they want him to be a starter, which is yeah. also crazy. He's, I love Grant. He did a lot of good things for us. He was a very reliable guy, and he did, got the job done when his number was called. And, you know, he was a low draft pick that turned into a reliable player for us. So, I mean, good for him for getting paid, but, I mean, the Ravens seemed really desperate there to make that kind of contract offer for Ryan Grant. I, I don't know about that one. Yeah, that was a lot for me. And I, I came around on Ryan Grant this past year. I know before the year started, I was saying, cut him. He's not really worth a roster spot. But throughout the year, he proved he his worth here. He really did. He was a very yeah. solid number four receiver, very reliable guy. And he's actually that's actually a spot the Redskins don't have right now. We don't have that super reliable receiver we have Paul Richardson and and Doxing who are the big splashy players we yeah. have uh Crowder who's kind of been inconsistent la the last year or so so we did we did lose that reliable player but at seven and a half million dollars a year I, that's not something I'm worth uh paying him there uh on the wow. offense on the offense side of the ball though there's one more guy I want to talk about here which kind of is a 
a big win for the Redskins that he did not sign with a division rival. Uh, Andrew Norwell, uh, I mean, yeah. just stud guard from the Panthers. I mean, I don't know how this guy hit the market. Honestly, if I were running an NFL team, if I were a GM or an owner or whatever, I would have told my team, we're going to throw everything we have at Andrew Norwell because elite yeah. guards do not hit the market all the time. And we're, we're talking about a 25-year-old all-pro guard hit the market. And luckily, the Giants missed out. He went to the Jaguars. So any thoughts on him and his fit with the Jaguars? Yeah, he, he's a fantastic guard, and him not going to the Giants is the best thing we could have asked for so far this offseason because they, the plan I could have seen happening with them, with the Giants, is signing Norwell and then drafting Quentin Nelson. They have two elite guards there now, and then they, they, they also just lost one of their most reliable offensive linemen yep. to a different team. I forgot which one it was, but um, one of their guards – just got signed too so they've lost another key piece to that o-line which means i think that quentin nelson is a lock for the second overall pick Mm -hmm. if the giants don't trade down that is but yeah norwell is he set the president brandon sheriff once his contract talks begin (laughs) because sheriff is going to get paid too yeah sheriff will definitely get paid and probably around the same amount i mean i think it was a five-year 66 million dollar contract we could probably see something around the same for sheriff and i hope we do i mean yeah, it is a lot for a guard, but honestly, I hope we do see something like that for Sheriff because, again, all pro guards do not come around so often. You need to lock them up because interior offensive line play is huge. I mean, all offensive line play is huge, but you have to be that, – that has to be a center of focus for teams, and I think it's overlooked yep. way too often. And, I mean, the good teams have good interior offensive line play. I mean, the Jaguars are building something good right there around, you know, a bad quarterback, but they are build, <laughs> building something good over there in Jacksonville. But – Let's jump to a last little bit of free agency news before we jump into Redskins speculation and, and notes and some Paul Richardson talk here. The corners also got a lot of money. Tremaine Johnson, I think $15 million a year. Yeah, that's a lot. Malcolm Butler, I think, got 12 or $13 million a year with the Titans. So these corners getting paid a lot. But actually, a guy that we just lost, Brashad Breeland, only made $8 million a year. So what's your, what's your take on the cornerback class here and what they got paid? Yeah, I thought Breeland was going to get a lot more. I thought he was going to be too expensive. That seemed like a deal we could have made with him had we been interested to really re-sign him. But, yeah, I think the St- I think the Panthers got a huge steal with him. They He's going to fit really well with that defense. I think he's going to be great there, actually. He'll, he'll, he'll be a star with that already really good defense. Um, the other corners, <laughs> if, you, if you're a good corner and you can lock receivers down in this passing league, you're going to get paid. And, and Tremaine Johnson is one of the better guys out there, and he definitely got paid. It's... It pays to be a really good corner because you will get compensated for it. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Yeah, definitely. I mean, in an NFL where the quarterback is the most valued position, the other most valued positions are going to be the guys who can protect the quarterback, the guys who can get to the quarterback, and the guys who can knock the ball away, you know, when the quarterback's throwing it. So those are your big <laughs> positions. Those are your big positions right there. So corner yeah. corner has definitely been a prime focus for a lot of these teams, and these teams with big cap numbers are really going hard after these corners. I mean, the Jets missed out on a lot of players today, but they made yeah. sure that they locked down Jermaine Johnson and they got a corner in there. So 
I, I, they might have overpaid a little bit, but when you have that much cap room and and you have a guy who is an you know above average to pretty good corner, you you want to lock him up. So I think yeah. the Jets actually did a good job there. And again, the Titans too. I mean, Titans take taking Malcolm Butler away. I mean, I don't think Malcolm Butler is a great corner by any means, but he's a solid corner to have. Yeah. And it, yeah. Dude, the Titans have had a really good day today. Yeah. They signed Malcolm Butler, then they just signed Deion Lewis. Yep. Him paired with Derrick Henry is going to be a solid uh, running back duo there. A perfect balance between the, between the two of them. Yeah, that was a good signing for sure by the Titans, and I, I do like their day so far. But uh, this is a Redskins podcast, guys. Let's jump into some Redskins talk here. I know we've we spent a little too much time there on the other guys around the league, but let's talk about the big thing that the Redskins won at today before we jump into the Paul Richardson signing is the comp picks that we're probably going to get from these players. I mean, Kirk Cousins with his huge deal, we knew we were going to get a third a third round comp pick out of that. So that that's a big win. But Rashad Breland with that $8 million a year, that cancels out Paul Richardson's deal. But Ryan Grant, again, with that $7.5 million annual, uh, you know, annual salary he's making there, that's another big comp pick for us. So Redskins are probably looking at right now with the Richardson deal with no other signings that we've made so far a third and a fourth round comp pick for next year, right? Yeah, I, I, I'm not as, I don't pretend to know too well how the comp pick thing works. It, it seems like it's a complete crapshoot, but I think we are in a good situation. Trent Murphy's going to get, has a really competitive market apparently. 49ers won him. Zach Brown is getting offers or looked at by like the Raiders and uh, a couple other teams, so we're going to be in a really good position. I know a lot of people are kind of disappointed or upset that we're not being aggressive, but I mean, yeah, we need to add some depth here and there. But we don't also don't need to overpay. It's yep. not like we have a ton of cap space either. It's not like we have to overpay for these guys and 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 force a uh, force a big move. We don't have to. You know, we can. The draft is there for a reason. That you can get some really good talent for very cheap, and for a good number of years before you have to try to resign them. So you know, add a few key acquisitions here and there, but I don't think we have to go crazy. Yeah, that was actually my next question for you. Is you know, the first day of free agency, I'm always scared of this first day. This actually wasn't even the first day. This is the day before the first day of free agency. But you know, it's the technic. It's technically the first day of free agency. It's always yeah. the time of year where guys get overpaid, where there's, you know, we saw it with uh, Janoris Jenkins, I believe, was the big one a couple years yeah. ago for the Giants, where he got paid, like, the most cornerback money in the history of football. And, and, you know, Jenkins is a solid corner, but he's nowhere near worth that. But that's just kind of what you get on the first day of free agency. So I was going to ask, actually, your opinion, and you kind of just gave it there. But, you know, the Redskins did make one signing, but they didn't make a lot of huge signings or locked down a bunch of guys. And I was going to say, or I was going to ask, are you, like, worried about, you know, missing out or whatever people say on the first day of free agency no i'm not i'm totally fine with with playing the waiting game and see how things shake out market wise you don't want to be the one to set the market i'd rather see you know where the market is after everybody else is all this does all these crazy aggressive moves and then execute your plan i I think it's very smart you don't want to go in head first and, and then suffer for it later so we missed out on Mo Wilkers, Muhammad Wilkerson. He's with the Packers now, but now there's still tons of other options. Uh, you got a guy that you really like that the Eagles let go, and then there's Sheldon <laughs> Richardson and uh, Don Terry Poe. I-, I think we got some good options, and we don't have to hit the panic button yet. Yeah, completely agree with you. And I, I, I think what people are forgetting too is last year when it came to free agency, our two big signings on like the first couple days were Terrell McLean. And uh, Terrence McGee, or I might have got their names mixed up, but McGee and McLean uh, right. last year. Our later signings, though, were DJ Swearinger and Zach Brown. Now, if you said at the end of the process, 
like at the end of this past year, who the better signings were easily Swearinger and Zach Brown over sure. McLean and McGee. So it doesn't hurt to wait. And there's still a lot of quality free agents out there. Like you said, my guy from Philadelphia, Bo Allen, I'm a huge fan of him I, for, for many reasons, football and non-football <laughs> reasons. But Bo, Bo Allen, I really want here in Washington. And he's a very quality free agent out there. I think he's only like 26, 27 years old. So he's out there as well. Don Terry Poe's out there. Sheldon Richardson's out there. So there are a lot of quality uh, free agents out there that the Redskins don't need to be overpaying for Muhammad Wilkerson, don't need to be overpaying for Sammy Watkins, Allen Robinson. You can get these yeah. solid other guys. You don't need to overpay. Yeah, and I think they realize the good situation they're in with this whole comp pick thing for mm-hmm. next year. So, I mean, I wouldn't expect too many more signings. I think we'll probably get a guy like Poe or Richardson or Bo Allen and then uh, Dominique Rogers Cromartie they've had today and took him out to dinner. That one seems very likely, so... Um, Richardson and Dominic Rogers Cromartie is pretty solid. I mean, I know Rod Cromartie is a little bit older now, but he's still a very fast, tall corner that can add a lot to your defense, especially in the secondary. So if those are the only two we get, maybe with another defensive lineman, that, I'm fine with that. I, I'm totally cool with that. I would. I am nervous though about possibly losing both Trent Murphy and Junior Collette. Yep. I think we both we both talked about this before off right off the site, but. Yeah, I feel very nervous that Murphy's going to get snagged up and Gillette won't come back because he wants to be a starter or at least or at least get paid or play on a team where he will be a significant contributor on uh, as a pass rusher. And I, I don't think we're going to be able to offer him that either. So with those two both leaving, we're going to have uh, just pretty much Kerrigan, Preston Smith, and uh, Ryan Anderson. And the three of them can't get it done by themselves. If we lose both of them, then edge rusher is another need again. Yep. And we're looking potentially at drafting another edge rusher in the second round. It's like <laughs> our thing to do. Yeah, it, it's crazy. Yeah, we were talking about that the other day, and it's something that I definitely worry about. But um, before we kind of jump into all the other speculation about news and stuff like that, let's talk about Paul Richardson here, the big signing of the day. I have a lot of people are coming out and saying the Redskins are the big losers here, but you know, eight million dollars a year for a young receiver who's ascending, an ascending player who's finally got yep. healthy. He looked really good last year. I watched a lot of his tape today. Uh, I wasn't extremely, extremely impressed. Like you know, for that money, but in today's market with the receivers and what other receivers get paid and what you're getting out of this guy, I I actually really do like the deal. You know, you're getting a deep threat, a guy who can eat gaps between corners, a guy who can really blow past corners. You you are kind of getting to Sean Jackson a little bit in that kind of area of the field but he's actually a very good route runner too and, and you know you don't really see it much because Russell Wilson you know he is a great quarterback but he is yeah. not the best at you know with timing routes those quick slants he's not what Alex Smith can do Russell right. Wilson is excellent at running around the backfield getting time and throwing guys open which you know is a great thing you can do but Alex Smith is more of those quick precision plays where you uh, quick timing plays that's yeah. Alex Smith's game and I think Paul Richardson's going to actually show that he can actually do that this year because if you watch a lot of his tape, he does create separation a lot on his on really nice, clean routes. But you just don't see it much with Russell Wilson because he doesn't hit much of that. And another thing, too, that he did show with Russell Wilson, I know I'm kind of going on here, but another thing that he really showed with Russell Wilson is he knows how to work his way back to the quarterback and get open. He knows how to you know keep a play alive and get open. A lot of plays, I think, against the Texans, where he ran a simple fly route on the bottom of the screen, he called the ball on the very top of the screen where because Russell Wilson was scrambling so much. So... He's a big athletic guy who can run down the field, catch contested passes, and run some nice routes. So there are some concerns, but I'm actually a really big fan of the signing, and I don't think it was an overpay like a lot of people are saying. Your thoughts? No, 
Yeah, it's definitely not an overpay. I was expecting a whole lot more thanks to Allen Robinson and Sammy Watkins signing the deals that they did. So only getting him for about $8 million a year is a pretty good bargain, I think. I mean, yeah. especially with the skill set that he brings. I mean, Gruden, we all know Gruden wanted to get a, add a burner to the to the receiving core. And that's what Paul Richardson is. He's a great deep ball tracker with the speed to back it up. That kind of guy is perfect for the opposite of Josh Doxson. Doxson obviously is not the burner. He can make good contested catches, and he's still improving as a potential number one guy. Even if he's not a true number one guy, him and Richardson should be a good duo. So I, I like the deal. Um, the injury, the big concerns with him are his injury, mm-hmm. is his injury history, and a little inconsistent with his hands from what, what I've gathered on that. But for what he's being paid, he's being paid to be a starter. And he's going to be a good starter because we need a guy to take the top off the defense. And uh, Alex Smith is a pretty decent, accurate quarterback, and he can make plays with his legs too. So, like you said, if, with Richardson being good at adjusting to that, he can make things better for Alex Smith as well. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And uh, I am really concerned about the injury uh, history for sure. I think I've heard his left knee alone has had an MCL sprain and two ACL tears in just his left knee. So that is definitely yeah. something to be uh, worried about. But again, I mean, again, I'm a huge fan of this. And what people are kind of forgetting about kind of how the Redskins offense works and how their schemes work, it is designed to take some vertical th- like vertical shots. You know, that's why Doxson is here. That's why Richardson's here. But a majority of the offense goes through the middle of the field. It's going to go through mm-hmm. your Chris Thompsons. It's going to go through your Jameson Crowder. It's going to go through your Jordan Reed. Your guy on the outside doesn't need to be a Julio Jones, doesn't need to be an A.J. Green. As long as he can get down the field, catch two, three, four targets a game down the field and, and make the defense fear him, that's all you really need from your outside receiver in this offense. So, you know, $8 million might be a little bit of an overpay for your not not your, like, number one or number two option sure. even. But, yeah. you know, if he makes your offense better at the end of the day and you're not killing yourselves for him, I'm completely fine with the deal. So I really do like the Paul Richardson deal for sure. Uh, let's move to Dominique Rogers-Camardi. You touched on him a little bit here. But he did uh, – I heard he took a physical today, went to dinner with the team. I, I've heard it's basically a done deal even though it – it's not yet, but I've heard that uh, he will most likely be our guy. So what do you like about Dominique rogers Camardi? For the longest time, I've loved his speed, yeah. <laughs> especially when I played Madden. He was yeah. always one of my guys that I'd pick up because he always had like 98 speed, which is invaluable. <laughs> but uh, I love his speed, and he's got the height that you look for in a corner as well. He's 6'2 to match with that speed. So he's got the height to match up with these tall, high-jumping receivers and can contest passes. Yes, he is a little bit on the older side, but he's been a very good corner for a good while. And uh and he should add a lot to our uh, secondary with uh, we got Norman, Moreau, Dunbar, and a couple other guys that are in the mix. But with him, we should have a very deep corner position, at least in my eyes. Yeah, I think my favorite thing about this addition, uh, when it com- when it becomes official or if it becomes official, is his ab- his ability to play free safety and play slot corner because yeah. that's two needs right there in one. You know, the Redskins have a desperate need for a third safety. You know. With Nicholson's injury history, with DJ Swearinger, you know he's he's great, but he can't really always play that free safety role. They need a third safety really bad. So Rogers Kamari does fill that with his speed, with his size, with his physicality, and then slot corner as well. He's a lot of experience playing slot corner, and with the loss of Kendall Fuller, he can step right into that role and and take over immediately. So I do like that addition from that standpoint, and it kind of takes away not like two needs that you have to draft in the draft, but it takes away you know two necessities that you have to focus yeah. on the draft. It takes you know, 
now you can focus more on maybe finding your guard in the draft, maybe finding another defensive line in the draft, or or maybe a, a depth quarterback or something like that later in the draft sure. instead of having to take a shot on a, a nickel corner or another safety. So you have Dominic Rodgers Camardi, so it's not a a pressing need. And you can still develop your guys like Holsey and Moreau behind him, and they don't have to be forced right into a spot. So I actually yep. am a big fan of that. And he also has a little bit of vengeful to him you know he's gonna go after the Giants a little bit after this past year I'm oh, sure yeah. he he left there on bad terms so he probably wants to stay in division and and have some good games against them so overall I'm a huge fan of that of uh him coming in here if that ends up being a signing uh, or not I really I really do like Dominic Rogers Camardi yeah I do too I'm excited for it if it does assuming it does happen yeah for sure uh now the other big name that we had in today that a lot of people were upset that he did not sign today Muhammad Wilkerson did sign with the Packers for a one-year $5 million contract with $3 million in incentives. Uh, What were your thoughts on Wilkerson, and were you excited for his potential to be here? If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I was excited for his potential. Um, When he was playing really well, he was a beast, and he did a lot of great things for the Jets. But then he got paid, and then things kind of spiraled out of control with him. You know, poor effort, laziness, whatever was really going on back behind the scenes, I don't really know. But that was the big concern is if we brought him in, would would it be more of the same for what he was doing for the Jets before he left? So, yeah, if they did sign him, I would have been – hopeful that they were confident that that wouldn't be the case but i'm not i'm not overly upset about it there's still good options out there sheldon richardson is arguably a better player um both were on the jets at the same time for a while and and did some great things together so um he's my plan b and if not him then i'd look at don terry poe or something but wilkerson He's going to be pretty good for that uh packers defensive line with mike daniels too so it's disappointing but i'm not i'm not you know, I'm not angry over it. Yeah, for sure. Again, like we like we kind of said earlier, there is a lot of great options still in the defensive line that are out there in free agency. So I'm not too upset about it either. You know, I, I'm I'm not too concerned because I I did see a lot of reports linking us to Sheldon Richardson, linking us to Bo Allen. You know, linking us to other guys who can kind of come on in and and yeah. kind of fill that gap. And another thing, I was really excited about Mohamed Wilkerson mainly because I think I tweeted this out not too long ago. Uh, I'm not too concerned about three areas of this team because I think we have three insanely good positional coaches on this team. We have Jim Tomsula as our defensive line coach. I am yep. so excited about him. I think he can develop anybody. We saw Matt Ioannidis and Jonathan Allen be studs last year. So I'm never concerned about defensive line. Uh, any defense back we bring in with Torian Gray, I'm not too concerned about either because I think Torian Gray is an excellent coach. I think he'll be a defense coordinator here in the next couple of years. I think he's that great a coach. And then yep. any offensive lineman that we bring in because Bill Callahan – worked wonders last year. I mean, I don't know how we were even able to put up points in that Seattle game last year, but he somehow got those guys ready for Seattle and we were able to pull off that win. So anybody that the Redskins bring in at those three areas of the field, I feel confident in their ability to develop under those three coaches. So Muhammad Wilkerson, Sheldon Richardson, Bo Allen, any of those guys, I'm super pumped about them coming in just because Tom Slick can get their hands on them and get them going, you know? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm very excited about all three of those coaches. They, they both, all three do a great job. I mean, Kendall Fuller, but the year before, before he Gray got here, was a huge disappointment. Everybody was hating on him and dogging him for his rookie year, and then he turns it around and has this amazing year, Pro Bowl caliber year. Yep. And I think a lot of that does deserve some credit to Torian Gray. Um, obviously, Fuller had to execute, but your coaches are the ones that are in your ear coaching you up in the film rooms and everything. So um, I think Torian Gray could do a lot with uh, Fabian Moreau or even Dunbar as they continue to grow and learn. So, yeah, I, I think that we're, we're in a good situation. Tom Sewell will, will make the defensive line even better. And if we sign a guy like Sheldon Richardson, who also has some character concerns, I think Tom Sewell would be a great coach to have for him to, to kind of lean on and have as his uh, mentor, so to speak. I think he's a guy that's really easy to, to reach with and, and very energetic and charismatic and, and infectious with his with his energy. So I think if we got a guy like Richardson, I wouldn't be too worried about him underperforming. Yeah, I completely agree with you there. And that's, again, that's why I'm not too concerned about those areas of the field. Uh, yep. So other, other rumors that we've heard, again, we talked about the other defensive linemen that we're connected to. I've heard some Navarro Bowman talk. Uh, do you have any thoughts on Navarro Bowman or any other guys that you've been hearing connected to the Redskins? I like Navarro Bowman a lot. I mean, he did a lot of great things for the 49ers. Knock on him right now is his age, of course. Yeah. But uh, should we bring him in? We would be bringing in a really good linebacker, but obviously for how long is the big question. And he's also had a lot of injuries over the years as well, so um, age and injuries is the big question there. And then the other big – what was the other rumor I was thinking about? We were all wondering about Honey Badger, if he was going to get released by the Cardinals, and if we would be on on him if he did get released. I think we would have been. Uh, DJ Swearinger was good – good buddies with him he was kind of recruiting him on social media and all but it looks like they're approaching a a new deal with each other arizona and uh honey badger that is so that that's one you can kind of cross off the list unfortunately um i would have been all over that one had that actually happened but it is what it is yeah for sure for sure so uh, my last questions i have for you here before we kind of call the show here and and get ready for tomorrow's first day of official free agency. So when all the deals actually become official, all these hundreds of deals that we've heard, uh, and we actually hear the Alex Smith deal tomorrow, which is great. But my last question here is, I've not seen the Redskins connected to any offensive linemen, and that, that's a big shock for me because you know I know we're set at guard with at right guard with, with Brandon Sheriff. I know we're set at left tackle sure. with, with Trent Williams. And I feel fairly confident about Morgan Moses, even though he's had his, his injury problems too. But left guard is a big gaping hole there right now. Center, I love Chase Rouillet, and I, I, if he's a starter, I'm completely okay with it. But again, it's not the most surefire set position. So two interior offensive line spots are not really set. They're kind of up for grabs, and the Redskins aren't really connected to any free agents. doesn't look like they're looking at any for drafts. So what do you think the Redskins are doing uh, with their offensive line plans here? Do you, or do you think they feel content with what they have? I think they're content with what they have at left tackle, center, right guard, and right tackle. I think they really like Chase Roulier. I really like Chase Roulier. I put out an article a couple weeks ago about Chase Roulier and what he can bring to the table as the starting center, and I think he will be a really good center. The disappointment in my end was that it seems that we're going to let Spencer Long walk to another team, and I would have liked, between the two of them, the winner of the competition for center would be the center, obviously, and the loser would be left guard. However that shook out, I would have been totally fine with. But it looks like it's going to be Chase at center and then 
Yeah. So I, I'm actually very comfortable with not addressing left guard in free agency. This is a very deep left guard, right guard, whatever you want to call it, guard draft class. And I'm very comfortable with what we can get out of this draft class with uh, any with any of these top guys like Will Hernandez, Isaiah Wynn, um, Connor Williams even. I, even though I like him as a tackle, he could play guard if, if asked to. Um, then you got guys like Frank Ragno, um, James Daniels who plays center, but you could move him to guard if you wanted to. There's a lot of good interior offensive linemen that you can pick up in this draft and, and for cheap. So I, I think they're, they're – plan of action for left guard is the draft whoever that player is it's going to be in this draft and you should feel pretty good about who that player will be because it's so deep they could probably still get a good starting caliber guard in the fourth round even um with a guy like wyatt teller for example from virginia tech Um, he's got a lot of potential weight room warrior comes from a good school so um, that, that's exactly what I would do if I was them. Target a, a guard in the draft, not necessarily the first round, but second round is where I would look first, and then after that, see how it plays out. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I mean, you guys know who listen to this podcast here. We've been talking about guards on here for a while. I love this guard class. I love the center class. I think they can really find a guy there. But again, I, I'm just a little concerned on if the Redskins are actually going to do that. I really hope that's what it is. Um, one fear I kind of have, and I want to kind of get your take on this, is Tyan Secchi. I know he's played a little bit of guard for the Skins, but you know they have a whole offseason here. They might work him there. I mean, I know he's got the second-round tender, so he's likely not going anywhere. Uh, do you think that he might be in their plans to be their potential like left guard or maybe as like a depth guy? Gruden acknowledged that they may entertain that idea, whether how much serious they are about it and whether he'd play that full-time, I don't know. But I would be very excited about this move. Okay, I know that Ty Nsecki is 6'8", and he's really tall, really big, not ideal for guard, but height isn't always the big factor here. It's about leverage. It's about uh, how you use your hands, the, your hips. If, if Nsecki can play low, and, and use leverage, then it's not going to matter how tall he is. So, and, and I think he played really well, all things considered, when he f- had to move inside this past season. And with if he if they do entertain this idea and let him work on it all off season, who knows what they'll have with him? I think they could be a really interesting idea. I mean, <laughs> you think about that left side. Even when Trent was at left guard and Seki was at left tackle, however that shook out, the two of them on one side together is. ridiculous ridiculously strong and big i personally would love to see it happen just to see what how it would shake out but um i know it's not the most practical or ideal scenario but um i i've always been a big ty and Seki fan you know that and those that follow me have known that for a while but i like to see that happen because i know i'm rambling a little bit but the 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 way i see it is the top five the best five offensive linemen should be playing and when you look at it even when sean laval was still here Ty Nsecki was a better offensive lineman than Sean Laval. I mean, obviously, it's not as easy to say, Ty, you should play left guard over Sean because you're better, but you're also not too tall to play the position. I, I get that. It's not normal. But from my experience, the best five should be out there regardless of the position, and then you make it work. You, you, you don't want to keep a guy on the bench just because he is supposed to be this position. He should be out there contributing and being the best player with the other four out there. So um, 
I would love to entertain this idea in, in the grand scheme of things, but I also would like to draft one just in case it doesn't work out. Yeah, completely agree with you, man. I actually really do like the idea of him playing there, but overall, I really want the focus to be taking one of these guys in the draft. You know, Frank Ragnow sure. in the second round, James Daniels, second round, uh, Braden Smith, that's another guy that we haven't really talked about. Another really big guy, too, 6'7", I believe, uh, in yeah. the second round. I mean, I would love any of those guys around round two, so hopefully that's what the Redskins are thinking as well. Uh, I know we have a lot of holes, so we'll see come draft time, but it's been a pleasure, man. Thank you for coming on, talking about free agency uh, here on the podcast, man. Uh, last sure. last thing here, though, uh, any predictions for tomorrow, besides Dominique rogers Camardi, because that's an easy one. Do you think uh, Redskins make any big signings tomorrow? I, I think uh, I think Don Terry Poe is on their radar. Uh, I, one of the Washington Post people tweeted about it earlier. Um, I haven't seen Sheldon Richardson's name thrown around that much besides with fans. So I'm going to predict that Don Terry Poe signs as well, and then we lock down Dominic rogers Cromartie along with that. And then after that, I wouldn't expect too many more moves. Maybe a re-signing of one of our own players, maybe Gillette. Maybe Zach Brown. I don't know, but I'm not expecting too many moves this off this free agency after that. Yeah, I'm complete with you. I'll make my predictions as Rogers Camardi is definitely signing tomorrow. And again, just complete my opinion. No inside sources, anything there. I just, I just have a good feeling. I think he's gonna sign here. I'll make my other prediction as Bo Allen will be the big signing, just because. I need to make that prediction. It's it's for my br- <laughs> it's for my brand on here. Uh, if he does sign, I, I have made a promise. If he does sign, this podcast will be renamed to the Bo Allen podcast. So we'll we'll see if <laughs> we'll see we'll see if he signs. Locked, um, locked, Allen. locked on Bo Allen. Locked in on Bo Allen is basically yeah, what we'll call it here. <laughs> Hashtag Bo Two DC. Everybody tweet that out. Hashtag Bo Two DC. We we need to get him aware. But yeah, Bo Allen's my other big guy that I want here and. I do think Zach Brown will come back. I, I do think he's going to test the market. I don't think his market's going to be as big as what he expects or what we all expect, you know, watching him play last year. I do think he'll come back, and it won't be extremely team-friendly, but I do think he'll be back. So those will be my predictions. I don't see much more. I don't see, like, a big running back coming in. I do see the Redskins addressing that in the draft for sure. I do see, you know, other positions like guard, like you said, being addressed in the draft. But, yeah, those are my predictions for free agency, guys. But, Again, that, that's all we got here on this uh, free agency podcast here after the first day. Uh, be sure to tune in, guys, uh, as we keep going through these free agency days here and you know breaking down these Redskins moves. But, Robbie, again, thanks for coming on, man. Any final words? No, that's it. Uh, hail to the Redskins. Looking forward to another crazy offseason <laughs> as, it, as it lively unfolds in front of us as we speak. Yeah, of course, man. Who knows? Maybe something broke while we were recording this here, so we, we have no clue. I got to get on my phone here in a second. But yeah, all you Redskins fans, you guys stay crazy as ever. You guys are making this super fun, of course, even though sometimes it drives me crazy, drives Robbie crazy, I'm sure, too. You guys are the most crazy fans out there, but in the most lovable way. So keep keep following your team. Keep uh, throwing your opinions at me. I love it. But again, guys, I'm Zach Hicks, your host as always. You can find my work on Breaking Football and the Breaking Draft Podcast. And I, I'll catch you guys probably later this week uh, as I'll talk some Kirk Cousins stuff, talk some other free agents moves, who knows. But uh, be sure to keep turning it, tuning in to uh, Locked on Redskins, guys. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked on NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team 
every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.